takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today, and thank you for being part of the Locked On Islanders family. We are grateful to you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about on today's show. Some trade rumors out there, courtesy of uh, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet. We'll talk about those as in how they concern the New York Islanders. Plus, Zach Parise, off to a slow start this season statistically, finally seems to be finding his game. We'll break that down for you and explain how that benefits the Islanders. And it's not just because they're getting a third line forward who can contribute a little bit more offensively. We'll preview tonight's game against the LA Kings and... We have our Islanders' birthday of the day going all the way back to the first season of the team's existence for that. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, uh, we're always happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever question or comment you have. Uh, also, you could follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so I'll provide some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with fans and hear what's on their minds as we talk about New York Islanders hockey. So let's start out with the trade rumors. Uh, Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet up in Canada, basically saying that the Edmonton Oilers had asked about the availability of Simeon Varlamov, the Islanders goaltender. Now, again, what does this mean? Let, let, let's sort of break it down. Uh, the Islanders... That All that means is that someone in the Edmonton Oilers front office called up Lou Lamorello and basically said, hey, uh, what would it take to get Simeon Varlamov in a trade? We're just, you know, feeling this out kind of a thing. And look, right now, does Edmonton need some goaltending reinforcements? Absolutely. Would Simeon Varlamov be the type of player who could probably help them solidify a playoff spot this year and maybe even go on a playoff run? Yeah, he could be. But the third question, well, there's two more questions. Third, what price would the Oilers be willing to pay for Simeon Varlamov? And then the fourth question, is that going to be enough for Lou Lamorello to pull the trigger 
on the deal. Part of the problem for the New York Islanders is they really don't have a quality backup in the organization who is ready to step in. Corey Schneider has really not played in the NHL extensively in a couple of years now. He's certainly valuable to the organization as uh, one of the two goalies at Bridgeport, but he's not even tearing up the league in Bridgeport. Could he come in for a game in an emergency situation, a game or two? Yes. But if you're trying to make a playoff run, you weaken your team substantially if you go from having Ilya Sorokin and Simeon Varlamov as your goalies to Ilya Sorokin and Corey Schneider, or at this stage in his career at least, Jakob Skarik. So neither one of those guys are really ready for NHL duty at this point over the long haul. And what the Islanders would be doing if they pulled the trigger on a deal for Varlamov now is essentially uh, saying that Ilya Sorokin is going to play 70, maybe 80%, 75-80%, maybe more of the team's remaining games, at least as long as they're in the hunt for the playoffs. So it, uh, unless the Oilers send a goalie back as part of the trade. Now, trading Varley would certainly clear up some cap space. He's earning $5 million a year in uh, uh, the cap hit for Simeon Varlamov. And maybe that allows you to bring in that sniper or that other offensive defenseman that you want. Or maybe you get a player from Edmonton that fits either of those descriptions. But at this point, I think the Oilers are just kicking the tires on this thing. It's very early in the decision-making process. And, you know, Lou Lamorello is in no hurry to pull the trigger on this or any other deal at this point. Uh, if the Islanders fall out of playoff contention entirely, when we're getting closer to the trade deadline, maybe a deal like this is a little bit more viable. But right now, unless Edmonton bowls the Islanders over with an offer, and I don't think they're going to, uh, then we're not going to see anything imminent. So, look, wanted to at least let everybody know that this rumor is out there, that the Oilers at least mentioned, uh, you know, we're, we're looking at Simeon Varlamov as a possible option in a trade, but I don't think anything is going to happen in the immediate future. Now, getting to Zach Parise. Parise, a goal and an assist uh, against Philadelphia on Tuesday, had a goal Saturday, the only goal for the Islanders, against Toronto. And over the last, let's say, 10 days or so, last four or five games, Zach Parise has found his game even more. And look, he was playing better recently, even before he started producing more points. I think Anders Lee said it best, and here's what Lee had to say on the topic. We always knew that his game was going to come around, not that it even needed to. He just needed to get a couple of bounces. We've all been in that situation. When you're playing as hard as you can, as tough as you can, you feel like you're getting shots and chances and it's not going in. It can wear on you. For him to stick with it, 
have the right mentality and a great attitude and work his way through this is what everybody should be doing. And Matt Barzal adds, Parise is playing his best hockey of the year and is getting rewarded for it. Zach Parise, I take a lot of pride in playing hard every night. Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it's a little harder. Hopefully I'll be heating up here in the near future. So what does this mean, the better play of Zach Parise? Well, here's what it means. First of all, he has eight points in his last 13 games. Only has 12 points for the whole year. But what it means is that if you put together a third line of J.G. Pajot, Zach Parise, and Oliver Wallstrom, and Parise is on his game and getting more production, you are opening up that third line to potentially be Wallstrom, who has the ability to score 20 goals, Parise, who let's, let's say can get up to 15, and Pajot, who can get to 20. For a third line, that gives you good depth. And Parise also plays on the second power play unit. He has a lot of experience on the power play over the course of his career. And we know the Islanders need production from their power play. It's been better as of late, but still inconsistent. And right now, the Islanders need Parise to heat up, and hopefully that is something he'll be able to do. It really gives the Islanders more versatility, more depth, more flexibility if they can get that third line going, and having Parise pick up more points is certainly a way to do it. And we've already heard Anders Lee talk about the leadership by example that Zach Parise provides the New York Islanders with. And look, leadership is more effective when you're playing well. Uh, If you're a black ace, there's only so much leadership you can give. Black ace being a player who's a healthy scratch on most nights. But if you're in the lineup, game in and game out, and you're producing, that's when you can be more and more of a leader and your teammates seriously take what you're doing uh, and and look up to you and, and, and emulate it. So... All around, very positive that Zach Parise is getting into the groove, and and hopefully that'll pay dividends for the Islanders down the road. When we come back, we will have our full preview of an unfamiliar opponent, the LA Kings, a team the Islanders haven't seen in a couple of years uh, because of COVID. So uh, we'll look at that game and a full preview of it, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day when we come back. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year and they've got a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. That's locked on one word. And yes, betonline.ag will give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit because you listen to the Locked On Islanders podcast. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, so head over to BetOnline where the game 
starts. So 7 o'clock Eastern Time tonight, it's the Islanders and the LA Kings at the UBS Arena game on ES+. And the Kings, they're in the thick of, of things in the Pacific Division. They're in third place right now with a, a record of 21-16-6, and 48 points. They're one point behind Anaheim for second place with a game in hand. And they are five points behind Vegas, even up in games in the standings. Now, the Kings fell in a shootout to the New York Rangers uh, a couple of nights ago. That was uh, back on January 24th. Beat the Devils before that, 3-2. to two, And then, you know, had uh, three losses the, in the game before that. But here's the thing about the Kings. Uh, first of all, Jonathan Quick, as a goaltender really almost seems like he has stepped back in time. He is so much more effective this year than he was in the last three or four seasons. Cal Peterson giving them uh, decent backup uh, work, but quick, 11, 10, and 5, but a 9-1-4 goals against average and a 2-5-3, I mean a 2-5-3 goals against average, a 9-1-4 save percentage. He has cooled off a little as of late, after a very, very solid start to the season. The leading goal scorer right now, Adrian Kempe, he has 17 uh, and 25 points. So the 17 goals, 8 assists, sets him up for a Cy Young Award. Uh, familiar names like Andrzej Kopitar uh, and Drew Doughty still on this team, but Kopitar leading them in points, 13 goals, 37 points for Kopitar, and out of his 37 points, 13 of them have come on the power play. He is big uh, with the extra attacker where he's got a little bit more room to maneuver. Alex Ayafalo, uh, 13 goals, 27 points. Victor Arvidsson with 25 points, 10 goals. And Philip uh, Deneau has 10 goals and 22 points. Uh, again, a nice mixture here on the LA Kings of youth and experience. And again, you know, the Kings, just like everybody else, dealing with COVID and dealing with uh, injuries. So among the players not in the lineup right now, Sean Walker on IR, Alexander Edler on IR, Andreas uh, Athanasio on IR, and then Christian Wallinen and Martin uh, Furk on the COVID reserve list, check to see if they have the ability to come back in time for tonight's game. And if we hear something, we will tweet it out. Goals for the LA Kings right in the middle, 16th in the league. Goals against, they are 11th. Special teams have not been kind to the Kings. 26th in the league on the power play with a 16.7% conversion rate. Penalty kill, 30th out of 32 teams only killing off 73.1% of their uh, penalty kills. So the other thing to know about the Kings, they do take a good amount of shots, but they are 30th in the league in shooting percentage at 7.8%. So not always efficient with their scoring chances, let's put it that way. Now, just as a comparison, the New York Islanders 
They're not that much better. 27th in the league in shooting percentage. 8.3% of the Islanders' shots go into the goal. Here's the, the lineup that the Kings had in their last game against the Rangers. And we'll see what they come out with here. But top line, Kopitar is the center with Ayafalo and Kempi on either side of him. Philip Denault, the second line center, Trevor Moore and Victor Arvidsson are his wingers. Uh, from left to right on the third line, Carl uh, Grundstrom, Quinton Byfield, and Dustin Brown, the veteran. And then on the fourth line, the center is Blake Lazat, Lazati, Brendan Lemieux, and Arthur uh, Kaliev are his wings. On defense, Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty are the top pairing with Ali Mata and Matt Roy as the second pairing, and Tobias Bjornfot and Sean Dersey are the third pairing. The two goalies, uh, again, right now, Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. The Islanders are sort of catching the Kings at a better time. L.A. was playing a lot better a couple of weeks ago. They are struggling more now, and look, it is not always easy for West Coast teams to travel east and sort of play a game that's going to start at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, according to their body clocks. Uh, again, this is something where the Islanders sort of need to take advantage of the opportunity when they're going up against this team. And you look at the standings right now, and the New York Islanders, they can really continue to move up in the standings, the Islanders now in sixth place in the Metropolitan Division with 36 points ahead of New Jersey, ahead of Philadelphia, one point behind the Blue Jackets, but the Islanders have four games in hand. So the Islanders hoping to pass Columbus uh, in the standings and or at least keep pace with them, depending on how, what Columbus does. And continue that momentum. I mean, no team in the Metropolitan Division has less than 39 games played, and that's Carolina. Uh, The Islanders have 35. Carolina and Columbus have 39. Every other team in the division has played at least 41 games. So for the New York Islanders, uh, an opportunity, an opportunity to really get going and continue to move up in the standings, and that's what they are looking to do. Still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast, our Islanders birthday of the day, and some parting thoughts about tonight's game. All that's still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. We go back to the very first year of the Islanders' existence, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, this is, we can't wish this player a happy birthday. He has passed away, but uh, Friday would have been the the, uh, birthday of Arnie Brown, Islanders' defenseman, and Brown passed away in 2019 at the age of of 77, so he would be 80 years old uh, on Friday if he were still with us. Made his NHL debut for the Toronto Maple Leafs back in the days of the original six in 1961, 
62 after playing for the Toronto St. Mike's and Marlboros uh, in his junior career, then for the Rochester Americans. But most of his career, 1964-65 to 1970-71 with the New York Rangers, and he had 15 goals for the Rangers in 1969-70. Traded to Detroit late in the 70-71 season, and then the Islanders grab him in the expansion draft. He played 48 games for the Islanders that first year. Four goals, 12 points, 27 penalty minutes, and was a minus 48, plus minus, in those games. Now, late in the season, the Islanders traded him to the Atlanta Flames. He played for the Flames for another full season, then went on to finish his career in 1974 with the Vancouver Blazers and then the Michigan Stags Baltimore Blades franchise in the World Hockey Association. In his NHL career, Arnie Brown, 681 games, 44 goals, 185 points, add 22 playoff games, 6 assists, and 23 penalty minutes in those games. Those were all with the New York Rangers, except for the last four, which were with the Atlanta Flames. We're going to look at one of Arnie Brown's better games with the Islanders, December 21st, 1972, at the Nassau Coliseum. The Vancouver Canucks uh, visiting Dunk Wilson, the goalie for the Canucks, Jerry Desjardins in between the pipes for the New York Islanders. And it was Vancouver on the board first, the late Bobby Schmatz, his 16th from John Wright and Dale Talon at 6.58. That made it one to nothing in favor of Vancouver. But the Islanders get a power play late in the period. John Wright off for hooking at 15.26 and Brian Lavender. His fourth from the captain, Ed Westfall and Craig Cameron at 17.17. It's all even at one. And then with just 27 seconds left in the first period, Ed Westfall, his ninth from Lauren Henning and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Arnie Brown. That made it 2-1 to one Islanders after the first period. Isles extend their lead in the second. Barry Wilkins of Vancouver off for hooking Tom Miller, a power play goal for the Isles, his sixth from Billy Harris and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Arnie Brown, who got his second assist. But... Vancouver answers, Jerry Hart in the box for the Islanders for holding, Jocelyn Gavermont, his ninth from Rich Lemieux and Dale Talon, and suddenly it's a 3-2 game, and then Andre Boudrias, his ninth from Don Lever and Rich Lemieux at 1929, ties it at 3-3 after two periods. In the third, Schmox gets his second of the game, 17th of the year, unassisted at 7:34. the Islanders are trailing 4-3, but... Midway through the period, Brian Spinner-Spencer, one of the most popular Islanders of that original season, he gets his fourth goal from Tom Miller and Ed Westfall at 10:39. This game, and they did have this back in the early days of the Islanders, ended in a 4-4 tie. Desjardins, 27 saves. Islanders outshot in this game. Uh... 31 to 29. It was a pretty even contest, but for Arnie Brown, our Islanders' birthday of the day, two assists and three shots on goal for Brown. So again, on what would have been his 80th birthday, we wish Arnie Brown uh, all the best uh, in in memory of Arnie Brown, one of the original New York Islanders, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Big chance 
tonight for the Islanders. Got to get these two points and continue to build momentum. And one of my concerns uh, is that the Islanders really haven't beaten a lot of good teams this year. You know, they have been playing better as of late, but most of these wins are coming against the, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that is now on a franchise-long losing streak. Uh, The Ottawa Senators, when they were not playing their best hockey, they're doing a little better now. Teams that wouldn't make the playoffs, the Devils, uh, if the season ended today. Here's the LA Kings, a team fighting for a playoff berth. You want to take this uh, comeback to its next level to get back into the playoff hunt. You got to beat playoff contending teams. You take it to the next level by getting it done tonight and continuing this march up the standings and back into the playoff hunt. We will have uh, our key takeaways on tomorrow's show, plus we'll preview all of this weekend's action, and the Islanders will indeed be busy, so make sure uh, you join us for that. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your next listen Locked On Bets. Locked On Bets is your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's hosted by your boy Q with expert insight analysis by Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.